This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Happy New Year, Cole. Happy New Year. Well, I mean, sort of, you know, as as it's our audience, enough. as yeah, as our audience listens to listens to this, it'll be well into the new year. But you know, we're recording this on New Year's Eve, uh, yes, right sir. right in the afternoon. But I'm excited because you know it, it is the first show of the year, and what better way to kick things off? Yes, sir. Uh, today, we are kicking the year off with maybe the most just super serious and super awesome take it up with creative we've ever done. Today, we're talking about the goon, ladies and gentlemen. Hockey puns, uh, a plenty, all the good stuff. Uh, the goon, yes. Uh, was this was this an uh, an idea you had after a garage visit? Oh, absolutely. I I think. <laughs> Ever since our gobbledygooker episode, I was like, we need, <laughs> we need to take it up with creative with more already bad ideas, just because I feel like when we do a podcast about wrestling, all the best episodes are drenched in the bad stuff. Like anybody yeah. can just talk about how good things, good things are. Uh, yeah. But yeah, anyone could make two cold Scorpio or Taz over. Yes, I mean... <laughs> absolutely. I love storytelling. I love jokes. I love comedy, but you know, are we going to get the character over is the question. And well, it it's actually a little bit topical because I don't know if you've seen this Vince Russo thing that's going around. He's on the interwebs defending Beaver cleavage at the moment and uh, saying that it was a great story and it's the fans fault that it didn't get over. So I wanted to yeah. see how that played out. <laughs> yes. The incest angle and the whole <laughs> and the whole. Yes. <laughs> yes, his defense was like, yeah, bro, people were going to be like, wow, are you fucking your mom? And get distracted, and then nutshot, one, two, three. That was the whole idea. <laughs> yeah, and then they went and then they went from there, they scratched that into the domestic abuse angle. He's like, yeah. he went, I, went from, I went from probably having sex with my mother to definitely beating my wife. Good times. Good times. I know, and then you know, then we shit on Mimosa Mayhem matches. You know what the hell? <laughs> when the business was booming, this was happening, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, I, yeah, I think it was the. I watched the episode of Raw when Austin did. It was the Mick Foley winning the belt episode with the Austin pop. I actually watched the entire episode. It's like. An hour of 45 minutes of the worst shit you've ever seen in your life. Like, way worse than anything that's happening currently right now. A Terrible, god-awful show. Appointment television to a 12-year-old. There was an abortion, or, well, sorry, not an abortion, a miscarriage angle on this episode. And then you get 
the last 15 minutes of glorious, real, like the best professional wrestling you've ever seen. And the just the craziest, biggest pop, like the most genuine reaction of excitement you've ever seen in your life. Uh, I would say go out of your way to watch that at least, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when Austin, when the glass breaks and the crowd, like 10,000 people literally jump out of their seats and just lose their minds. And Austin helps Mick Foley win the world title. It's brilliant. But the rest of the episode, total shit. <laughs> you know, you, you got to build up to the good moments. You got to put a you got to put a little bit of shit out there just so that way the awesome stuff stands out a little more just in case. It's a little safety net. It's a creative safety net. Correct. So, um, before we kick off 2023, 20, Jesus, 2023. My God, isn't it? Wasn't it 1990? Like, five years ago Ugh. sometimes it anyway. feels that way yes uh do you have any expectations for the year of wrestling to come right, oh. what would you do you think you know what do you think is going to happen main events uh royal rumble surprises any wrestlemania fucking surprises anything you're hoping for this year i mean my goodness like if you're following instagram at all you can see stone cold is like doing a lot of working out posts and uh talking about how great a shape he's in and it's uh coming to fruition that i pretty much called last year after his match with kevin owens that that was not his last match at all by any means especially right. how he's looking today there's also that very possible rumor floating around of the rock wrestling at wrestlemania there's even rumors about him being an entrance in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I mean, we got Cody's return looming. Uh, we got, uh, you know, I I know you have a personal stake in this somewhat, but the fact that Johnny Gargano is having so much TV time with The Miz leads me to believe a mixed tag match is in the future. Uh, yeah, uh, and I hope to be in uh, attendance for that as I already have a ticket for such a venue to hold such a match hopefully um <laughs> there you go yes I, there's two I wouldn't, nights i wouldn't hate that there's two nights that match deserves me on one of those fucking nights and it's a good one um, also also to me that sounds like an opportunity for me to meet maurice so i am 1000 percent for all of that happening yeah you got a shot <laughs> i mean i just want to meet her i don't i'm not trying to <laughs> i know oh. she's secure in her in her uh uh, her life choices. I'll wingman that. I'll distract the Miz. You go. You go for the kill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because Ron wants to watch me epically fail miserably. Oh no. See, I I have full confidence <laughs> with one by... of my sister's coworkers. <laughs> I I full on guarantee that lumps of coal will do way better in the ratings than Miz and Misses. <laughs> just me on my little two minute Jim Cornette like rants. <laughs> Yeah, and Maurice is just in the background. Oh, Cole. How did we get here? I just, you know, I so for me, I would really, really, really like to see this year be the year that Gunther, God damn it, Gunther, becomes Gunther! one of the biggest stars in the wrestling business. I think they're handling his booking brilliantly right now. Um I wouldn't be sad to see. I I just 
if the rock's coming back then i kind of want cody to be just take his time coming back and be after wrestlemania like oh oh i mean i know it's wrestlemania and royal rumble so cody's gonna want to be there and not miss wrestlemania but uh i i just i feel like if the rock is there and he's gonna be in the rumble then cody becomes a footnote and he needs to be the focus of the company for this year so uh i'd love to i'd rather see the rock at wrestlemania than cody if if the rock is going to be there i don't want to see both so i'm hoping the rock is a surprise entrance in the royal rumble because i think it'd be a huge moment and then the build-up for mania will be great and then i think if we have roman and rock as the featured attraction of both nights of wrestlemania that would be ideal and then cody can, and, and roman decisively beating the rock and solidifying solidifying his head of the table status i think that would be amazing in a perfect make it world even bigger for cody yeah absolutely in a perfect world i would have cody return at the rumble win the rumble and then have like a sub story of the rock wanting to prove that he's the head of the table and not roman but Cody has that match with Roman on night one of WrestleMania, has his big crowning achievement to go home that night, and then Roman gets his heat back by beating The Rock the next night to go home for the weekend. I could, yep, I could see that. Or if they're going to insist on having two cha- two titles and breaking this up and having two champions, I'd be okay with Cody beating Roman night one, the rock beating Roman night two, and then Roman, you know, going and learning a new hold for six months. That'd be, I'd be okay with that. And then when Roman comes back, we can set up for next WrestleMania with Roman and Cody. And I'd be really good with that. That sounds pretty good. I would love the Paul brothers to wrestle the Usos. That would be fun. I could see that. Um, I think we're heading towards a Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn big time WrestleMania match. I'm 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 starting to feel like this WrestleMania could quite possibly be like a PWG Ring of Honor Super Card level WrestleMania card. Like I think Triple H is going to give us like the dream match that you know the card of dr- independent you know, indie darling dream matches we've been waiting for for 20 years. And I don't think it's going to be so much Johnny Knoxville and fucking whoever this year. They're not going to have three celebrity matches to fucking steal the show at WrestleMania. They might. But, <laughs> well, they, they could. But I, I feel like this year we're going to get a spectacular, jam-packed two-night extravaganza. So I'm way excited like there's still no even hint of a card and i have a ticket and it's still worth every penny to me i cannot wait for this absolutely i cannot wait for this weekend it's it's a bucket list item of mine and i want to experience more of them in the future hopefully sometime in japan i wish i was going to this wrestle kingdom which i never thought i'd say for quite a while because yeah last year's wrestle kingdom was underwhelming so this year uh you know kenny and uh why can't I think of his fucking name? Will right Osprey. Yeah, that that all of course that has the uh prospects of being a match of the century type match. Um it could also end up being a total clusterfuck because Kenny's involved. 
and I don't know who's going to lead that shindig. And uh, so it could be interesting or it could just steal wrestling forever. So I'm intrigued by that. What else is on the Wrestle Kingdom card, Ronald? I don't care. <laughs> well, no. Uh, Good answer. Good no, answer. <laughs> uh, they're, they're saving a big surprise, but I'm pretty sure Sasha Banks is going to wrestle Kyrie Singh. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, that's the big that's the big rumor. Um, uh, I'm excited for that, but I'm definitely going to be staying up the evening to watch that one match at least. Uh, cool. K- Kenny has had a couple of promos that brought me back memories of the cleaner, which is when I that's peak Kenny Omega for me. 2016 Kenny Omega is like peak Kenny Omega for me. I got to be in attendance when New Japan came to America to do the to yeah. do the United States Championship tournament. And I'll put his match with Ishii uh, on in a top five bell to bell match list anywhere. It's one yeah. of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. And uh, God, Kenny can go back to that at any time, and I'd be happy as shit. <laughs> um, yes, sir. But yeah, I'm excited for t- 2023. I know that's how we got here. We're excited for 2023. Yes. The the reign of terror of MJF is something that I'm going to be looking at very thoroughly because he. He posted the tweet of tweets the other day about how he only wrestled seven matches in 2022 and remained the most interesting thing on the planet. And he, yes. th- and he thinks he's going to take it a little easier this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just trolling people like crazy. Love it's em. amazing. I love it. No, it's, it's funny because everyone put Okada over as just like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he defended the world title four times in like 2020. So like like or 2021 like he defended the belt every 3 months and nobody said shit about that but in America all of a sudden magically if you only wrestle 5 times a year you're you're lazy you know like get out of here Yeah no I I don't I don't view the product that way I don't if if you are not on the show all the time I don't view you as lazy I view you as protecting your status as an attraction yeah. if you're on yeah. every week you're not an attraction uh, protect yes yeah protect yourself you know yeah yeah it's like they is as great as brian danielson's debut was they middled him quickly so yeah i would love to see a match of brian danielson's every single week but then it becomes less special right but speaking so, of less right. special <laughs> should i play the all hockey right. music again that was fun Sure. No, yeah. no, I'll Let's wait. Play all the music. I'll wait stuff. for that. But you did allude in our banter beforehand on text message before we hit record that you feel like you should go first. Oh, I definitely do because, uh, you know, uh, inspiration hit me and I wrote a story, but it's, it's um, you know, it's kind of serious. Like, this is like an actual real attempt to get the goon at least relevant. I don't know about over, but relevant in 1996 in spilling into 1997 so let me give you this gigantic backstory of the goons existence of wwe he debuted july 20th 1996 did jobs for mark merrill flash funk uh barry windham as the stalker jake roberts undertaker and was gone in march of 1997 and that's it ladies and gentlemen the whole goon story no angles no you know feuds nothing of value just a jobber dressed like a hockey player. So we could definitely do better, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think it's impossible not to do better. Uh, just, you know, since that story took all of 10 seconds, that's why I filibustered a little bit. But let me just give you a little bit of the roster. 
the babyface lineup, we had Yokozuna, Savio Vega, the new Rockers, HBK, Sid, Bret Hart, Mark Marrow, Jake the Snake, Roberts, Born Again, Jake, uh, The Undertaker, of course. The Stalker was a babyface somehow. The Godwins, uh, Bob, Sparky, Plug, Holly, Aldo, Montoya, and a brand new Rocky Maivia. Whereas on the heel side, we had Steve Austin. This is as, you know, he's taken off but hasn't done the full babyface turn just yet. Um, that would happen later in 97 at at uh, WrestleMania 13. We got Owen Hart, the Bulldog, Vader, the Smoking Guns, uh, Gold Dust, Mankind, Jerry Lawler could be an interesting one, uh, Bradshaw, Mark Henry, Triple H, Farouk, The Sultan, Furnace and LaFond, and, of course, Crush. So we've got some fun shit to work with. I don't have any time machine gimmicks on today, so I'm going to stay in the world that we were in in 1996. Um but maybe debut some ideas a little bit early. So, you ready for this, Ronald? I am absolutely ready. Let's see how we can get the goon over. All right. So, here is my pitch. We debut this goon in a series of job guy matches, beats up some guys, pummels them. But after the match, we get in some extracurricular activities with some hockey sticks and helmets and all kinds of weapons and debauchery. And every, after every match, he has to be, you know, escorted from the ring. Get over that. He's a brawler. He's not. I actually watched a couple of matches. He had a really good match with a uh, Barry Windham, the stalker. I got to see that match. You know, Bill Irwin could work. He was an 80s styles heel, you know, didn't do anything super flashy, but he could go and he could bump and he could feed and he could do all this. So I, I, I had some, you know, I thought, oh, we could actually get something out of this. So it's good. So, um. We got to give or get over the fact that he plays very loosely with the rules. He likes to throw punches. He likes the weapons. He does all this stuff. And then his first established guy, we're going to bring him up against one Bob Holly. Uh, and since Bob Holly's going to provide a little bit of fight back, he's going to jump to the weapons just a little bit early and get himself disqualified. And then on the next show, he's going to go out there and have a match with Aldo Montoya. And same thing. Uh, you know, Alda's going to provide some fight back, so he's going to get uh, use the weapons. He's going to get suspended. We're going to suspend the goon after only six or six or eight weeks or so. And to his defense is going to be, since I have him in this time period, everyone's going to get over with some Jim Cornette. Yeah. On side. He's going to be cutting this promo. It's like, hey, you stupid motherfuckers. This guy, he's one of the toughest guys around, but he's a hockey player, so he doesn't know all the rules yet. You know, he's just trying to figure it out. But, uh, you know, you got to give him a little bit of leeway because he's one of the supreme athletes in the fucking world. But you got him over here trying to fight by rules. Of course, he's not going to out-wrestle, guys. He's not a wrestler. He's a brawler. He's a fighter. So I want to get him reinstated, and I'd like to challenge any man. Is anyone man enough to come out here and fight it, you know, and take on no rules, no disqualification, not lazy booking in this instance, but this, the the best hardcore fighter in professional uh, fighting, right? So here we go. Bob Hawley's going to answer the challenge. No disqualification match. Of course, now that we got no rules, we're able to use the hockey sticks. We're able to use helmets. We're able to use the, the hard elbow pads. The goon's going to beat some Bob Hawley. Right, and then Aldo Montoya is going to want his rematch. He beats him as well. And then he, you know, Corny again running his mouth after he beats up on these guys. And here comes his first real challenge 
the Godwins come out with their slop buckets, say, hey, we're fighters, we're pig farmers, we're tough guys too, and we got weapons as well. And of course, you know, of course, like, hey, 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 now, now, you can't do two on one, that's not fair. You got to pick one, and the other one, he's got to get the hell out of here. So, of course, they're going to take Phineas first because it's Phineas. And so next week on Raw, we have a match. Phineas Godwin coming out with his slop bucket during his entrance from behind the goon just breaks a hockey stick over this guy's head. Poor guy's laid out. He throws him off the stage through a table, takes a hockey skate out, right, with the sharp blade, and that's when all the referees say, no, 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 we don't think so. And, of course, here comes Henry Godwin out there to break it up, and the goon and corny scoot and skedaddle away before someone gets impaled with a hockey stick. However, Phineas has to get carted off. He's injured from the fall, and, of course, he's got, you know, got his bell rung, he tried to stab a farmer with a skate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's why I had oh. to press the boo button. That, that was heat, brother. <laughs> so at uh, the In Your House, it will be the goon taking on Henry Godwin in a no rules, no disqualification match. So the, this this match turns into a wild brawl almost immediately. They don't even make it through the entrances. You know, Henry Godwin jumps in front behind. They're brawling wildly around the ring. We've got hockey sticks. We've got slop buckets. We got everything going on. Well, since it is corny, uh, as this brawl is getting out of hand, actually Phineas Godwin is going to make his return when it looks as though uh, the goon has the upper hand. So now we've got a two-on-one attack. Except for Corny's got more people at his disposal. So here come Owen and the Bulldog to uh, make the odds uneven, and they're beating down the Godwins since the Bulldogs and Owen are the World Tag Team Champions at the time. This is great, because now we're setting up a tag feud. We got all this good stuff going. But, you know, Bob Holly and Alden Montoya are still pretty pissed off, so they come to help. And then, as this brawl is wild and out of control and Corny's throwing his hands up in the air, it's time! And Vader comes down. Clears the fucking ring, beats the ever-loving shit out of everyone, and the heels stand victorious over the lifeless bodies of this this mishmash crew of people that the goon has pissed off. Which, of course, is going to set up a match at Survivor Series. Yes, that's right, Survivor Series. We're going to have Corny's crew with the goon, Vader, Owen, and Bulldog taking on... The Godwins, <laughs> Aldo Montoya, and Bob Sparky Plug Holly in the weirdest tag team pairing at Survivor Series ever. But I mean, there's it's to... sports everywhere. I mean, there's yes. sports and farmers. We got NASCAR, we got soccer, we got hockey, and we got farmers. That's right. That's I love right. it. That's right. The new generation, ladies and gentlemen. But, but, Corny, in order to get this match to happen, the, the you know, our babyface team is going to be trying to track them down everywhere they can, and of course they keep escaping. Well, Corny says, well, if we're going to do this fucking match, it's going to be the first ever penalty box match where when you are eliminated from the Survivor Series, you don't go to the back, you go to sit in the motherfucking penalty box because hockey that's right ladies and gentlemen we're leading into the hockey stuff we tried to stab somebody with a skate we've got broken hockey sticks now wait 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 wait, have... wait 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 this is interesting though like I, I don't mean to derail and stop your momentum but the penalty box rule i love this like um 
in hockey, it's two minutes, right? Do they spend two minutes in there? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you do. Uh, there, there are two minute penalties for just like normal penalties. If you take your stick and accidentally hit someone in the face and there's blood, it's a four minute penalty. And if you drop the gloves and punch someone in the face, it's a five minute penalty. Uh, but, uh, this we're just, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, having retur- guys return from the penalty box. Oh, it's just going to well, be, we got to we got to we got to put a pin in that and talk about that just for funsies because man oh, that'd be awesome. Sure. If, imagine if they got eliminated but they're only eliminated for 4 minutes and you have 4 minutes to beat somebody else. <laughs> well, we might just uh go with that. <laughs> oh yeah. The match would take either, so long. <laughs> either way, what's going to happen is uh every time someone goes to get their hands on the goon, he tags Vader in and he beats the ever-loving shit out of someone and pins them and <laughs> Uh, our 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 team of villains wins four to nothing, puts everyone in the penalty box, and then they push it over and just you know destroy these motherfuckers. And cool story, I have just finished my second notepad of seventy five pages on the creative team pad or creative team pad, creative team pod, and I started a brand new seventy five sheet notebook because I still write notes by hand because I'm thirty eight. And I don't like technology. So, yeah, there's that. So, okay. So, after this 4 to nothing victory where the goon did jack shit, but we're going to act like he's God's gift to fighting, Corny's going to come out the Monday Night Raw after Survivor Series. Say, See, I told you all this is the toughest fighter in sports. He's the king of hardcore fighting. So, I have a gift for him. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The Hardcore Championship. Delivered in 1996. A real belt, not the shitty one that uh, was broken as a joke to Mick Foley. But here we are. We are going to start the hardcore division and build it around the goon in late 1996. So he defends the hardcore title against a bunch of job guys. And so he could celebrate beating nobodies and whatever and just the whole thing. And uh, after one of these things, he's doing the... um, champagne celebration that athletes like to do in the back and he accidentally bumps into and knocks over sable oh no oh no it was an accident but was it and of course uh turning around mark marrow seeing his wife knocked to the floor by this (laughs) motherfucker with one punch knocks the goon out cold drops him puts him on his ass and so the next week Mark Merrow and Sable were in the ring. Sable's got a black eye because she took an elbow from a uh, hockey uh, you know, elbow pad, which are hard plastic, to the face. And uh, Mark Merrow's in the ring, cutting down the goon and Corny. And then uh, Corny comes out and starts talking. And then from behind in the audience, the goon gets in the ring, tries to attack Mark Merrow from behind, where once again, Mark Merrow gets the upper hand and knocks out the goon cold. One punch knocks him out cold, leaves him laying. So in the following weeks, Mark Merrow is challenging the goon to a fight, but but he wants a straight-up fight, and Corny refuses, keeps refusing, keeps refusing. And uh, the week before the last In Your House of the year, two, uh, 1996, Jesus Christ, we're going back forever in time. Gorilla Monsoon inserts himself as the president of WWE and says, listen, pal, uh, you know, I know you're the hardcore champion, but we're not going to have a hardcore match. Uh, We're going to give Mark Merrill the match he wants because, let's be honest, 
uh, you gave his wife a black eye, so I'm going to let this motherfucker get what he deserves, and you guys are going to have a boxing match at the Royal Rumble, or no, at In Your House, you're going to have a boxing match, and nobody is allowed at ringside except for Sable and Corny, and if anybody interferes, the goon will be fired. So, the big mocking... The big boxing match comes. And the first round, we get a knockdown by Mark Merrow, but the goon is able to to, to uh, get up before the 10 count. And it's very clear that Mark Merrow is going to win this boxing match. So as the second round starts, the bell rings. Corny jumps up on the apron and starts waving the racket in the air and doing all the crazy stuff. So the ref gets distracted there. Mark Merrow goes over to Corny, hip tosses him over the top rope into the ring, where Sable joins us and kicks Corny in the dick. But as she kicks Corny in the dick, the racket just flies out of his hand into the ring. The referee's pushing Corny out of the ring, and the goon picks up that racket and bam, wallops Mark Merrow right in the fucking face, throws the racket. The ref turns around, hits the 10 count, and the goon escapes with the win and the hockey player beats the boxer in a boxing match with a tennis racket sports <laughs> oh i love this oh. so this is going to lead this feud is going to continue to the royal rumble after this and of course now now mark merrill uh he had his opportunity he wants his hardcore match now He's, he's willing to do it, so he gets their hardcore title match at the Royal Rumble 1996. And, of course, the goon once again cheats, but finds a way to beat Mark Merrow and retain his hardcore championship through the Royal Rumble. Then, in the following weeks, he beats the likes of The Stalker and Savio Vega and the New Rockers in hardcore title defenses. And just a few weeks before WrestleMania, he's going to be out there in the ring going, well, Corny, of course, being the mouthpiece, going, yeah, is there no motherfucker out there that's tough enough to take on my fucking guy? He's the best fighter in the world. He's a hardcore legend. He's the best. And as Corny is bloviating, we get bong, and the lights drop. And yes, Ronald, fuck Sid Vicious. We have The Undertaker coming out to the ring, and uh, his opponent for WrestleMania 13 is going to be the hardcore champion, the goon, ladies and gentlemen. Title versus title at WrestleMania, because this year was the year the Royal Rumble got fucked up, and we had the Fatal 4-Way and all that stuff anyway. So, that's it. The goon versus The Undertaker wrestlemania 13 uh that's where we're gonna leave off on my pitch you don't got a winner him a terrorist i mean uh we're not gonna end the streak with the fucking goon (laughs) so everyone knows what's happening boom tombstone bus face one two three undertaker streak is live and well but the goon gets a wrestlemania moment and goes down in history as one of the undertaker's opponents Magnificent. You you really you really gave him plausible angles for a gimmick so not worthy of television time. <laughs> hey, but, 
Making chicken salad out of chicken shit today, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. When God hands you lemons, you find a new God. And that's what I did. <laughs> that's what I did when I wrote my story, Cole. And I want you to really just, you know, just take all your money and pay every attention you can. Because uh, this is going to be a doozy. Once, uh, once we uh, threw this out there, I got right to work. I got right into the garage where the magic happens. <laughs> and I just can't wait to read what I'm about to read. So the way I'm debuting the goon is that he's going to be a delusional person that attends wrestling events in full hockey gear talking shit. Okay. Talking shit about the sport of wrestling and how hockey's better. He, in essence, is a failed hockey player turned wrestler. So this is his way of getting into the business. And instead of just him randomly showing up and wrestling enhancement talent, I'm making the very foot in the door a story on its own. And we have no idea which way he's leaning because as far as heel or babyface, because the body Donna's are in the ring and we got Skip and Sonny in there talking their shit, talking about how in shape they are and their, their, their fitness models and all that stuff. And all of a sudden in the background, you just hear, Fuck you, Skip. Your wife has had more average men inside her holes than a size 8 bowling shoe. Fuck your entire fucking life, you piece of shit. All right, are we going to be doing the uh, Shorzy voice the whole time? So, the next week, <laughs> we have The Undertaker and Paul Bear on the Heartbreak Hotel. Wow. Pursuing their angle, whatever angle that they're involved, in, that involved with at the time. But... While you're hearing Paul Bear's shrilly voice, you hear, an, you hear an even shrillier voice in the background saying the following. Fuck you, Undertaker. The last time I was around something so big, cold, and boring, it was the time I played spin the bottle with Paul's mom in an abandoned ice rink. Give your balls a tug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, this is a great character. I love it already. After a few weeks of this, we finally get to the big mamu of where this guy is really going to draw a line in the sand and cross some lines. Because you can do both in one sitting as the goon, apparently. So Bret Hart is in the ring, cutting a promo. And all of a sudden, we hear in the background, Oh no. Fuck you, Bret! Your mom has had more stew inside her than the poor British orphan of the 1940s! Have less siblings, you fucking loser! <laughs> <laughs> oh we got food puns and we're talking about fucking oliver this is great <laughs> i was not expecting an oliver reference today at all well with a name like stew oh, and how many yeah. babies mrs hart has had oh oh <laughs> Have less brothers, you idiot! I know, that's kind of bad, huh? <laughs> I regret saying that. I regret writing that. <laughs> oh, god damn it! <laughs> I didn't even think about that until I said it right now! <laughs> oh, god damn it! <laughs> when the joke is so bad and good at the same time that you have to leave it in? Oh, no, that's amazing! Oh. So, oh. in reality, <laughs> Brett's going to be upset, right? Yeah, a little bit. Brett's going to be the guy that wants to fight the goon. Like, okay, 
what do you got to say? Like, seriously, you've just been talking nothing but shit. You know, I feel like hockey is not as, is not as a good a sport as wrestling. And then, and then the goon, he wants to fight Brett too because the goon says that he's a better Canadian than Brett because hockey is a better sport than wrestling. And if you're not good at hockey, you're already a bad Canadian. So he oh. wants to fight Bret Hart for the honor of hockey and for the honor of Canada. So Bret pulls some strings and has the match with Goon, and Bret just out-wrestles him the whole time. He out-wrestles the Goon the entire match, only for a randomly debuting ally of the Goon to interfere behind the referee's back with a vicious attack that could only be described as Stone Cold. Oh, no. The goon raises his hand in, in victory that he didn't earn and, and introduces his new mate, his new teammate and the newest addition to the WWE roster, the rink master. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to go with Chili McFreeze. <laughs> All right, the rink master. I mean, Chili, master. Chili McFreeze is a good name, too. It, it works. <laughs> All right, the rink master and the goon. I love it. So with the rink master in tow, the goon has his sights set on some gold in the world of wrestling, and he challenges Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship, and the goon cheats his way with the help of the rink master and beats Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental title. And, you know, Razor's on his way out at this moment. So, you know, he, he, it's better than losing to the teacher or getting touched by a gold guy in Razor's mind. Uh, so, the next night on Raw, we see a series of vignettes of the goon disassembling and destroying the Intercontinental Championship and melting it down and recreating it and re-engineering it from the championship belt we all knew it was to his very own Stanley Cup. So from here on out, we have the goon as the interno intercontinental champion carrying it as the Stanley Cup and self-proclaiming himself as the champion of hockey and the champion of wrestling at the same time. Nice. On Raw, the goon trades his teammates, the Rakemaster, to Ted DiBiase, who dubs him the Ringmaster going forward. So we're, we're going back to timeline. Just to get just to, just to get rid of Steve right here and there. <clears throat> so he trades the rink master to Teddy Biasi for an incredible dollar amount. And he uses the money to acquire to acquire the perfect guest of honor to present his self-created Stanley Cup. And it's none other than Emilio Estevez of Mighty Ducks fame. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Oh, are we just going to have all the childhood fucking stories incorporated today? The reluctant oh. celebrity who is very much promoting D2, the Mighty Ducks, comes out oh. and accepts the honor of presenting the Stanley Cup to the goon, but the goon keeps calling him Gordon Bombay. Like, he doesn't, he, he's not aware, he's not smartened up that that's Emilio Estevez. He ordered Gordon Bombay, and he's getting Gordon Bombay, the coach of the Mighty Ducks. And he's, you know, and he's... And all of a sudden, this really crappy ceremony gets interrupted, and boy, we're scaling back the talent pool for this one. But we got the Brooklyn Brawler coming out, ladies and gentlemen, and he is upset. He is saying that you're making a mockery of our sport, and he is going to tell him that he doesn't even like hockey. He prefers America's game, baseball. 
And just before we know it, Gordon Bombay low blows the Brooklyn Brawler, and we got the goon and Emilio Estevez Gordon Bombay putting the boots to Brooklyn Brawler to go off the air. Yeah, not even to commercial. We're hitting the credits of Raw right then and there. <laughs> the very next week, the goon and Emilio slash Gordon are in the ring. And they're gloating. And at this point, Emilio doesn't even care about the money that he made last week to present the cup. Now he's all in. Now he's a total fucking shit heel, right? And they're just gloating and being like just assholes. And all of a sudden, Brooklyn Brawler comes out of the audience dubbing baseball makeup and a baseball suit attire. And... He doesn't even refer to himself as the Brooklyn Brawler. He calls himself Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Yes. And this is the debut of the baseball gimmick we've all wanted. And he comes out and everyone is going ape shit, as you would expect a gimmick, a, a, an angle like this to get, right? Oh, yeah. So he gets on the microphone and goes, After last week, I only have one question. I only have one demand. I only have one goal in mind. And then he looks at the corner of the arena. And then he says, Gimme Vaughn. And then before John Moxley was ever a thing, Wild Thing by Joan Jett plays. And we got Charlie Sheen strutting that ass to the ring from the crowd. In the Wild <laughs> Thing attire, promoting Major League Two. Oh my god, yes. And we got hockey versus baseball, brother versus brother, box office family movie versus box office comedy movie. At WrestleMania 12, the match is set. A mixed tag match, I guess? Celebrity and sports guy? The tag match of the century in the house that the Mighty Ducks built at the Arrowhead Pond. We got the goon and Emilio Estevez slash Gordon Bombay versus Abe Knuckleball Schwartz and Charlie Sheen slash Ricky Vaughn of Major League fame in the celebrity box office match of the century. Cole, you have to have a lot of questions on how I wrapped this up. And I don't have um, a winner for this either. But I drenched this in box office celebrity attractions. We can even have side stories on the red carpets for these movies that are coming out. Uh, oh, that now that's exciting. Have sure a is. Fucking wild brawl with these two fucking big giant idiots dressed in baseball and hockey uniforms uh, at the red carpet for the fucking Emmys or Grammys or fucking Academy Awards. That would be amazing. Yeah, they like and don't tell anyone or ask, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Emilio and the goon beat up Martin Sheen. Oh my god. Heat, brother. Oh no. Heat. Heat. <laughs> wow. See, this is way better for WrestleMania 12 than the than the OJ idea. Uh, I I agree that this is better than the OJ idea. Um I don't. I don't know that I want to lose the gold dust in. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to lose the brawl that they had, which no. was awesome. But uh, yeah, maybe the OJ chase could uh, just not happen. That that was that that was not in great taste at then, let alone now. But uh, wow, wow! I was not sure where you were going with that with the Gordon Bombay thing, but it was a great hockey tie-in, and uh, I loved it. 
And then when you said, give me wild thing, I fucking lost my shit. Uh, because yes, now we have brothers taking, fighting each other at WrestleMania 12. And, uh, that's amazing. Baseball I, I versus have... hockey. <laughs> sports! Yes. Sports. Ron, Ron did a... sports! <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's so great. Like, I'm not even mad at it. Like, I would totally <laughs> buy a pay-per-view to see this fucking match. Dude. <laughs> like, as I was writing it and laughing my tits off at it, I was like, this oh. would be great! <laughs> yes, because Charlie Sheen with a live mic is always good content. <laughs> we could have got the Tiger Blood promo like way earlier in life. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the booking board and just writes winning under his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, we finally got Rod to break on the show. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Oh. Oh. oh, only took a year and a half to get a full belly laugh out of Rod. Oh, it took it took a it took a Winning. year. And, it took a year and two beers. Oh wow! Oh, oh tiger pain. blood and yes, on the on, <laughs> he goes over to the booking sheet and writes winning. That's. <laughs> We're so stupid. Yeah, but, but, do, you, I, do you know how long it took me to write the Shorzy chirps? Oh my god, that's amazing. I even knew baseball was America's game, quote quote. <laughs> oh, well, definitely in the nineties it was. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe not so much anymore. But no, uh, no, no. I mean I think football's kind of uh, become the king of sports in America now, but wow. Charlie Sheen at WrestleMania in a match is fucking epic and uh yeah yeah i'm good with all of this this is magical i did not think that uh either of us could pitch anything that made us actually excited for the goon uh but you found a way good sir <laughs> oh well thank you very much and you know i have full faith in charlie sheen being able to cut a promo you know why why is that because he's great at doing lines <laughs> Oh my God. I'm going to definitely have to tell my brother to listen to this episode. Um, because, well, I mean, my brother listens to just about every episode anyway, since he has the commute to work. You, you, you hit it on the head with us setting up trying to be a commute time podcast because uh, it works for him. Yes. And uh, wow. Wow. I'm definitely going to get a text on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But hey. Why don't we talk about what we're doing next week? Or should I say the next two weeks, Cole? Nice. Yes, uh -oh. we're already going back to brackets, ladies and gentlemen. And nice. we spoke about this briefly over the phone, and we both were salivating at the possibilities. So next week, we're going to start part one and put 32 entities in a bracket. And the entities that we're discussing Moments in wrestling history, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take 32 moments in wrestling history and put them against each other in tournament form. And yes, there are well more than 32 moments in history. We can go creatively. We can go behind the scenes that actually change the business. I think I might lean towards more creative moments in, in wrestling. But 
you know, Cole is in charge of getting these and compiling these 32 entities. And well, we work together one, yeah, this... to, and we work together to kind of finalize it. But this yeah, is going to be one of those highly debated ones that I'm excited to do. And this one is going to take me the whole week to put together. Well, we're definitely going to do it to where, like, I'm going to throw 32 at you. You throw 32 at me. We'll see what matches and then eliminate and then talk yeah, about what we sure. can fill in. Because this is going to take some time on both of our parts to really come yeah. up with something. And since we both have plenty of vacation time to do so, including yes. me, I'm going to utilize it to do a lot of podcast work and really solidify this year coming up in 2023 that we're already in, but not quite in just yet. Yeah, if yeah. you loved the Goon episode today, strap in, because we're going to be discussing a lot of already shitty ideas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is going to be one of the themes this year. I cannot wait. And we are going to definitely go back to people who didn't get a fair shake and come up with something for them, too. Bro, bro, bro. We, we have to do it. We have to do it. We have to do Take It Up With Creative. The motherfucking Repo Man, bro. Absolutely, it's it's. We have to do it. It's been two years in the making, and we gotta get <laughs> yes. A, we gotta get him on the horn, and we gotta have him repossess the show because that's what he'll do. He'll steal the show <laughs> from everybody once we take it up with creative. And boy, you know we can brainstorm all day, Cole. But you know I'm just gonna have you start the unstoppable Cole train and take us home because we are desperately out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today for the first episode of 2023. We've got 51 more to go. So, for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. Team.